Welcome. Welcome to Co-Evolutionary Culturing, composting power over culture from the inside out. Today with Claire Milne and Sarah McFarland. In this episode, Claire and I talk about where starter culture has come from, the road it's taken so far, and how it's renewing itself right now at these spring days at Equinox. We talk about the deep structure of starter culture and what we're really up to, which is the shifting of consciousness from human-centered to earth-centered, that we begin to think like an ecosystem rather than the individualistic thought ways that are the power over culture in each of us. And so with our podcast, we invite you into an embodied experience of being earth, a ritual of dismantling a remembering ourselves into the web of life in order to meet these times of collapse and possible renewal with great love in the face of the unknown. Join us for this consciousness-expanding conversation today on Co-Evolutionary Culturing. Hi, everyone. We're really happy to be with you here um, in this interwebs virtual portal of Zoom, or if you're listening uh, on one of the other platforms to the podcast, we greet you. This is our very, very first inaugural Starter Culture podcast episode, and we're really excited and a little bit nervous um, and, and happy to, to drop in with you today. And uh, My name is Sarah McFarland, and I'm here with Claire Milne, who is the co-founder of Starter Culture. And, uh, and I'm so excited to be together to just have this, this time to, um, yeah, to really introduce starter culture into the world. I know that it's been around for a while, but it feels like this kind of renewal rebirth moment is, you know, happening at this time of year as the, as the spring is, is gathering, the sap is flowing and the buds are, you know, swelling, that there's this, um, this rebirth renewal feeling at starter culture. So um, and that, and part of it's this podcast, right? Mm. So um, of what's of, get, of what's getting born into the world. I'd love to just invite you to to share with me and share with us because I'm just joining Starter Culture, you know, officially about a month ago now. Yeah, I'd love to invite you to just share with us um, who is Starter Culture, who is this creature mm. um, that is Starter Culture. Mm, thank you. Mm. It's, it's yeah, wonderful to be here. <laughs> having this conversation and um yeah it feels like it is a kind of uh there's a an iteration of rebirth happening in in you and others kind of jumping more fully in now mm. um so I kind of feel like whenever I speak of you know what what it is who it is that starter is a starter culture is um there's something of a kind of constant process of iteration and mm. reiteration and emergence so I kind of I'm I'm curious to see what words will come <laughs> as to what's happening right now um and I love that that is how we work you know so emergently and honoring of what's been but you know what's now and what's becoming um so um how to explain a little share a little of what starter culture is and where it's come from and what it's becoming um I always find it helpful actually to start with a sharing of kind of its roots um because somehow it kind of gives the most tangible way of understanding the creature that starter culture is um so the roots of starter culture are really um or the tangible roots at least are those that um in that 
there were three of us, three co-founders, myself and Eva Schonfeld and Joe Hamilton, who um, who ended up in a conversation or in a meeting together, um, each of us with about 20 years of experience in working in social and environmental change in a variety of ways, um, and found ourselves with a shared kind of passion and kind of concern really around how much the inner dimension of the change that we were involved in was neglected and the absolute cost of that, you know, just looking at these, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of people so passionate about bringing about change in the world, about being part of co-creating something different that really honours what, you know, our hearts kind of can feel has to be possible. Um, and yet just what an uphill struggle that seems to be and and really landing and it seems to be so largely because we find it so hard to turn towards this inner dimension that that for whatever reasons that I'm sure we will dive into at some point, whether today or another time, um, get gets neglected. And, and, you know, and that's not just within social environmental change, of course, it's within our mainstream culture more generally. So so that's how starter culture kind of started out. And then we decided to carry out this kind of what we've called our cups of tea process. Um, and so the cups of tea process was across 14 countries and we had like over 250 cups of tea conversations to kind of really find out how is it for um those those social and environmental change practitioners makers change makers how is it to try and integrate an inner dimension like how is that for you what 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 are the challenges you face in that what are the needs and the opportunities and that's in a way when when we come to what the current iteration of starter culture is, it's so fed by those, you know, some 250 conversations that that pointed to many, many things. Um, but there were two things that they kind of most obviously pointed to that felt like they were the real core, the kind of underbelly um, of um of yeah, of what what I guess it is to be integrating this inner dimension into our lives and social environmental change. And one of those was um, lack of funding um, and recognizing how hard it is to get funding to actually give the time and get the support that's needed around integrating this inner dimension to allow our um, change making to really flourish and um, yeah, to take it seriously and not just keep skipping over what we all know is, is problematic. Um, and then the second thread it is really just seeing how, in a way, all paths, all paths, all threads within the conversations ultimately kind of dug deep down into the roots of what we could call power over culture and the reality that that it's this consciousness that we've all been kind of cultured into um, uh, that we could call power over culture that seems to be running the show. Um, and that ultimately, if you look at any given problem, um, I would suggest <laughs> we were likely to find power over culture at, at, at its heart. And so in a way, you could say that starter culture is a, a kind of a collective endeavor, um, adventure experiment to um, shift consciousness beyond power over culture um, and to, to do that within ourselves um, and to do that kind of amongst um, our, ourselves and other humans. And, and just as importantly, to be birthing into a consciousness that goes well beyond um, human centrism and recognizes our more than human reality um, and that we're not just individuals, that we are inherently part of a wider web of life. Um, so, so yeah, there's, there's, 
different iterations, but they all of the parts, kind of all the paths lead to this um, dismantling of power over culture and recognizing that, you know, how much we've internalized it, how much it lives in us, no matter how dedicated we are to transforming um, oppression and oppressive systems, uh, it has to live inside us because we've been cultured into that. So there's starter culture is dedicated to that inquiry at, at various levels of scale, individual, group, other than human, um, of how have we internalized power over culture? How do we dismantle it and then make space there, thereby for something new to be birthed through us that isn't from the strategic mind that is a product of power over culture, but that is a listening deeply, deeply, deeply um, from the emptiness to earth streaming to mystery um, to something that mind it, it couldn't fathom on its own. Oh, thank you so much. I'm feeling so inspired and so nourished. I'm like, yes, this is why I am with starter culture. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe now is a good moment. Like I was, I, I kind of feel like there hasn't been time in our working together to hear that from you. So if mm. you feel like, I, I feel like that would be a really beautiful contribution if you mm. feel to share, what is it that called you into starter culture? Mm. Other than my loud how. <laughs> <laughs> come hither, come hither. But yeah, I'd love to hear. Well, essentially, exactly that, um, that exquisite stretch, that holographic stretch between the um, tender human heart and inner work and, um, you know, ways of coming more and more to know ourselves and unearth um, forgotten or oppressed aspects of ourselves, integrate those aspects, remember ourselves as more than human and in the other than human web of life. Um, and that the stretch, the reach of that into, right, and that in and of itself, that work in and of itself, with if we have that lens, is, um, is this shifting of consciousness um, that can, that could, if we're lucky, you know, birth something new in the future. Um, it's yet to be seen what will happen. <laughs> we don't know what's up with um, with collapse. And uh, um, what did Vanessa Andriotti, was, I was just listening to something on YouTube from her about hospicing modernity where she said, you know, we're facing the death of everything we know and love. Mm. And how to stand in that place of horror and loss and grief and beauty and love and say yes to the transforming with. Mm. Um, and for me, starter culture is uh, a possible way of being exactly in that place, mm. um, in that place of um, we can't do this alone, mm. right? We need to build community to heal the, um, the, the civilization trauma of separation, weaving co community together and uh, including with other than humans. And also doing this work. And for me, um, it, that's just the, it was like a clarion call of what I myself was feeling mystery calling me into, into my, into the world and into my life and into my, my work. Um, and, and starter culture was like, here, you know, here's a home for that work. Come join us. <laughs> yeah. So it just felt like it was ultimately because, you know, the resonance of, of your howl, um, <laughs> with mysteries uh, call, you know, uh, of how I'm supposed to show up in the world and the gifts I'm to bring um, just felt so resonant that I could do 
that I could fulfill mysteries, invitation or call to me uh, within the liberating structure of starter culture because of its dedication to, um, to shifting consciousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's all, I always find it so, um, Mm, expansive to kind of receive um other people's relationships with starter culture and what it is that particularly resonates because somehow it expands starter culture even mm. though the alignment's already there it's like oh yeah it just got a bit bigger <laughs> a bit brighter a bit bigger yeah yeah and what you just ended with there around the the kind of shifting or expanding consciousness, it feels like more and more they're the kind of boots that starter culture is realizing that it's filling. And it's kind of, you know, such deep blessings and gratitude to elder, um, our elder Joanna Macy, who kind of framed this, you know, just how the, the piece around shifting consciousness is so, you know, is key to to being able to deliver on the other ways of going about change that are, you know, um, out of focused um and 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 it feels like starter culture's contribution is to really make tangible you know what what is it what does this shifting consciousness this expanding consciousness what does that look and feel like and what is it and what is it not and what are the costs of not attending to it and what's possible when we do and and yeah it's almost like it's opening that pandora's box of ways of um expanding consciousness so that we can go beyond Mm -hmm. that which has created the pickle that we find ourselves in and really naming without compromise that if we don't do that if we don't commit ourselves to expanding beyond the consciousness that created the reality we're in now then we cannot create something different Mm -hmm. we can only keep replicating the same mistakes in different form and I'm sure we all know it (laughs) through trying to change aspects of ourselves that Mm -hmm. unless we get to the real core and the consciousness that's created the problem maybe it's an addiction or whatever or a pattern of behavior we don't want to be doing it just finds its way into another kind of um um yeah rivulet (laughs) to have its way with us and so yeah there's something of that that kind of expanding consciousness shifting consciousness um that feels really important it's interesting I'm noticing my language here because for me actually expanding consciousness somehow feels like it's really true to what starter culture kind Mm. of is about in that it's it's not about making something wrong and saying don't do that it's saying oh this is where we are like welcome to the reality of what it is Mm. to be human right now but we need to expand beyond that and we can't get rid of what we've got but by other than by kind of helping dismantle it so that we can expand into something else that is impossible to know from this place Mm. yeah that's making me think of um what I was hearing when I was out on my walk today around um you know, composting, the process mm-hmm. of composting, which we talk, which is the title of this, the tagline of this podcast, right? Composting at Power Over Culture from the Inside Out. I was thinking about how, or I was listening to how composting is um, the engine, the heat that happens in the compost pile is like the engine of transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's not that, um, it's in fact, the very, th- the very material mm-hmm. that dies and mm-hmm. Um, is composted Mm. into um, you know eaten by worms and mycelial Mm. filaments and all the aphids and all the you know creatures that are in there as well as the heat of it um, Mm. are actually transforming it into something that's um, nourishing and and able to grow Mm. the Mm. seeds of the of the future Mm. yeah yeah and I'm remembering that when you named that 
part of the 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 heat the transformative energy of of composting the other thing you said and I wrote it down because I loved it was death is is the invisible heart of renewal and I was just like yes <laughs> and there's something of like when you and I and and you know other starter culture family are talking about mm. um you know the need to to support this mm. uh, cultural death mm. it feels so natural and easy and then it's like suddenly there's a kind of a moment of like oh you know that that isn't a conversation that everyone is always engaged in mm-hmm. and and yeah so just recognizing how for us that is so integral you know it, leaning into and and really embracing the reality of death not just of our immediate loved ones which is obviously a really really important um, part of living in these times and growing into an expanded consciousness but beyond that going in you know, going into what is it to actually recognize that that these times seem to be longing for us to not fight to keep them to fight to upstand them but actually to support them to die and and that to us does feel like quite a natural part of our conversation but I'm also aware that that isn't a natural part of a conversation for a lot of people um, and I <laughs> guess part true. of our work yeah part of our work is to normalize it to kind of make that uh, kind of something that is just rolls off our tongue <laughs> and there are pointing pointing to the first example of how we expand consciousness right it's like let's think about death could we think about death in a in a different way can we invite the truth of the way it is right now mm-hmm. Yeah. that we are in the middle of or the beginning of this a sixth mass extinction and our own death and the death of those we love and the death of everything we know is happening right mm. and um and that we don't like scramble and try and save mm. what we can but that we turn towards and uh and uh, help along you know i mean my prayer really my deepest prayer is to I know that violence and destruction are, are part of life. You know, volcanoes and earthquakes are, are part of life. And yet, you know, the soft-bellied human of me uh, hopes so much that there'll be as little violence as possible in this transition and knows, you know, um, creatures in their death throes who are fighting death uh, often do a lot of damage. Um, so that's a little side note, I guess, but... Mm. Um, but to really uh, lovingly turn towards um, the death and dying mm. as um, as the invisible heart of renewal. Mm. We can't have one without the other. You know, mm. we can't have the new life without letting the old life die. We know that from from initiation um, practices and stories and journeys. We know that from myths. We know that from looking at cultures over time, at species and renewal of Earth over time. The way that destruction and and regeneration are how the earth evolves. Gosh, it's such a, just when you spoke then of, you know, this reality of how when uh, preachers are dying often, sometimes often, um, there is a kind of violent fight that can actually cause a lot of pain and suffering to others around them when in that dying process. I was just so kind of struck and so sobered by, by that. Like, it's like, yeah, that, that's what's happening on a collective yeah. scale right now. You know, we're kicking and screaming and and turning to our addictions to absent ourselves so we don't have to kind of admit to the reality of our situation that that we are in this cultural death process. And that doesn't mean that there 
isn't something beyond it. It's almost like unless we allow ourselves to turn towards the reality of death and that that, that inevitably isn't going to be entirely smooth and it is <laughs> going to involve a degree of suffering, um, unless we turn towards that, then it's almost like it, it is impossible to be truly birthing something different and so we're kind of blocked it's kind of like you know there's a, blo a blocking to the um the actual uh extent of what's possible because if there's resistance to what actually is then how can we possibly you know create something different so yeah i'm i'm really with that and and you know as is often the case in our conversations is that for me there's this interweave between um, when we're looking at this at an individual level and we're thinking about what, what, what does this mean for me as an individual and my friends and loved ones around me and, you know, activists and change makers at an individual level, you know, and that that in itself is quite confronting to be like, how do I dismantle, you know, like how this culture is showing up in me? Because I'm going to dismantle, if we're going to dismantle power over culture, then I have to start with what's going on in me and how Absolutely. I'm living and how do we do that in our groups and in our organizations and in our, in our movements? Because that to me feels like it's, I, I know from, I suppose, living it through starter culture, it's this realization of how um, ingrained actually this power over culture is within our organizations and how so much we, we perceive that their future depends on a perpetuation of that of elements of that power over culture and you know in in our conversations often there's a kind of like process where there's a part of me hanging on to like no 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 but we have to keep that bit like I couldn't possibly kind of go and do that in organizations because that's just too much or something and then you're very always very skillfully kind of like Maybe it might be power over culture showing up in you, Claire. <laughs> With so much love. <laughs> With so much love and, you know, gratefully received. And, it, you know, it's just such a rich dance to kind of be like, do you know what? Our groups and our organisations and our movements also need to support power over culture in them to die. And that, that that's a scary process because most of us are entangled in financial realities that yeah. it feels like if we are to truly honor that then that kind of lifeline will be cut you know that if we were to say to our funder for example that oh actually we need to entirely reinvent ourselves we need mm -hmm. to take a year off and do something completely different mm -hmm. or whatever it is that it looks like I'm just mm -hmm. making this up but right. you know we believe and we project that that we would lose our funding mm -hmm. or you know whatever your version of that is mm -hmm. if you're in a group or, or an organization it's like you know oh if I if I change radically how I'm doing what I'm doing and then nobody will come to my programs. Mm. If, if I really step into my truth that is outside of power, you know, beyond power over culture, then it will be too radical and nobody will come or mm. whatever your version is. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh no, but that's exactly what needs to change. Because again, just as much as unless we dismantle power over in ourselves as individuals, unless we dismantle it in the collective, in our groups and movements and organizations, then we are just part of perpetuating it. Right. That's great. There's a couple things here that are just really delicious. Mm -hmm. Versus, um, I'm really getting kind of a lived, embodied feeling of inner led. What we mean by inner led change, mm -hmm. from what you're just saying, mm -hmm. that it's uh, inner led to dismantle mm -hmm. the power over culture. That we need to start with it in ourselves, mm -hmm. um, and and within our organizations. Like that, we don't look over there, right? <laughs> But that we look within first and how, and I'm feeling the rub of like, oh, right. And the, there was just something in there also about privilege and, um, and, and oppression and white supremacy and this piece around 
there's one way of doing this work where we're looking at it and separating ourselves from it mm-hmm. and making like judgments about um, the modern paradigm or the power of our culture. And there's a way of kind of therefore keeping ourselves safe from it and distancing mm. from it, mm. judging it, mm. um, because of course it's wrong, you know. Mm. Uh, but there's something also about, uh-huh, and the, there's this kind of insidious privilege in there in terms of uh, how, let's see, how do I want to say this? Um, the kind of the cult of the individual, right? Like one of the markers of, of power over culture is the cult of the individual that I can have my own little house and my own little world and my own little vacations and my own little dreams. And I can kind of ignore everybody else. And I have the capacity to do that. I can have my own swimming pool. I don't have to go to the public swimming pool, you know, whatever. Um, And so it's like, are we willing to be messy and, 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 and dirty and, and with another, with each other and include ourselves in like, Oh, Here's how I'm complicit, not in a shaming way, as we know, shame is a tool of the of the power over culture, of the consciousness of that's gotten us into this situation. But as an inclusionary way to return from separation, we are neither separating ourselves as vic- as victims of something, and we mm-hmm. nor as perpetrators, but to see, uh huh, how are we all mm-hmm. part of the warp and weft? Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, is that difficult. You know, how do we how do we change consciousness within the consciousness? Because mm. everything is soaked in this consciousness that it's the power over culture. Like I was thinking about that too. It's like where do you, you can't really point to anything that's mm. human made that's outside of the consciousness of, of power over culture. Mm. And I think that's why what's so radical about starter culture also is that we point to the other than human. Because mm. the other than human the the wild ones you know the herons and the egrets and the uh, cranes that are flying overhead outside of my window um, they are carrying and embodying a consciousness that is other than the power over culture right it's mm. they're they're beholden to the biology and the warp and weft of earth community and earth consciousness and that for me is one of the most important and beautiful pieces about starter culture is that our commitment is to center mm-hmm. other than human center mystery center earth's mm-hmm. dreaming not a human's dreaming even as beautiful as our human dreams are <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely i mean gosh there's so much in what you've just said it's like you know for me that last piece you've just finished on it's like yeah it's there's something of that kind of real humility that goes with this journey of recognizing that that kind of integral to power over culture is mm-hmm. this belief that we can predict and control mm-hmm. and and that turning towards and expanding into mm-hmm. um more than human consciousness and and you know and our allyship um and you know with the whole earth community it's like therein lies the way forward and it can't it can't exist without it because it it is a reality. It's almost like it's not a, it's not it's the choiceless choice. It's like oh, okay, unless we lean into this and expand into this reality, it's not going to work, you know. And and the same goes for like you know when we're thinking of all of the polarity within the human dimension, mm-hmm. you know, and and the the oppression and the marginalization and the inequality and injustice. It's like that's not you know turning towards that and learning how to collaborate across difference. 
Um, that's not kind of an optional extra. It's Mm-mm. integral. It's like it is an integral part of life happening. <laughs> it's like there's no contesting it. You know, it's it is life. It exists, and and it is the beauty of the expansive love that we all live at. You know, and so yeah, so absolutely. And and for me, it, I kind of feel like there's a d- double edge within the funding kind of piece that we we're you know working a lot with around you know, really dedicating ourselves to finding ways to make more funding available um, for inner-led change, partly or largely because we recognise that it, it really, really sucks and, and is not okay for us that it's, that, you know, that to be able to get support around the work that we're talking about is is a privilege. And that unless in the world, that the market economy that we sadly live in currently, unless you can afford it, it's unlikely that you're going to get the support needed for a lot of what we're speaking of, you know, and we don't want that to be the reality. We're really committed to doing everything we can to to transform that. And, you know, there's, there's a reality that so much of what gets understood to be inner work actually is born of the same consciousness that has created those inequalities mm. and power of a culture and so a lot of what you were speaking in and that kind of that need to splash around in this mess together mm. and not kind of feed the separation with like mm. you know some of us are broken and some aren't and you know and shaming each other for not getting it right in a, the ways that we communicate it's like yeah really landing into the kind of as bio Akomalefe would say it's like you know trauma is is the collective waters that we're currently swimming in you know and and we can't kind of it or it's just not true to kind of um imply that there are those that are broken and need fixing and some of us don't and and poor you it's like no we're all there and if you if it's not awaken you yet that's because it's not awaken you yet you know it's like trauma lives in all of us it has to because we share the same collective histories you know and you know, if we track each of us, track ourselves back, our lineages are going to be a mix of oppression and um, oppressing. And so that lives in us. And yeah, so there's something in this that feels so important to kind of just really recognize the complexity of, mm. of power and privilege within this, within as we keep kind of presencing within the the kind of the creative tension of of leaning into birthing into a consciousness beyond that which we are birthing it from. <laughs> mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I just want to make space for that for just a moment here because <laughs> that was, mm. yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, how do you talk about everything all at once? <laughs> And uh, and both say yes to it, you know, how to how to live fully alive and how to die beautifully and how to offer our gifts and do the um, justice and, and equality work and um, you know be active in terms of um, living a diverse and um, really big and and it's there's something of the this reality of you know through one lens Mm. the conversation that we're having right now and everything we're pointing to is such a privilege you know Mm. to have the time and the space and the resources Mm. to be dedicating ourselves to this conversation Mm -hmm. is such a privilege and 
there's something and and so of course it's like there's always going to be the parts of us and the the voices that are saying how on earth can you be attending to this mm-hmm. when there are people dying and there are mm-hmm. suffering and and you know yeah and and it's like it's both and and i guess the point we're trying to make and what we're trying to live through starter culture is the reality that it has to be both and that yes of course the kind of firefighting actions that are in the immediacy of, of you know of people in so much pain and suffering right now those kind of more sticking plaster approaches that are kind of just trying to like alleviate the suffering right now are mm. so essential mm. and we're just trying to prise open that kind of that window <laughs> to say and if that's coming from you could say victim persecutor rescuer consciousness you know whereby we're just trying to rescue and we're not you know actually inquiring into what parts of us are jumping in there and we're not having a longer view you know and we're not kind of feeling into the the collective well-being and we're just attuning to something micro Mm -hmm. um then then we're missing something so you know it's both and more (laughs) it's like so here's a second here's a second way I'm hearing that starter culture is committed to and encouraging of ways of dismantling power over culture from within is um, the, the, the shift of consciousness that happens or the expansion of consciousness that happens when we hold non-binary truths, when we say yes to holding all the perspectives, whether they're all the perspectives within us, Mm. right. Of all the voices of ourselves, or all the perspectives of the people at the table, or all the perspectives of the creatures. When we, when we, when we um, let go of this, the relative or or um, perceived safety of mm-hmm. a position, of a binary position of right and wrong, or mm-hmm. knowing what's going on, uh, and we're able to expand into mm-hmm. both and more consciousness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then, um, then there is de facto a consciousness transformation that happens a way that that modern paradigm is or power over culture is um composted within us and therefore our ways of being in the world are arising from that kind of a consciousness which invites that in other people automatically or invites them to be in reaction against it Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I mean, as you're speaking that, I'm I'm just feeling the kind of the the kind of what I'd call a transmission of like when we are brave enough to kind of and resourced enough to allow all of what's here to actually exist, all of the different parts, even when they can feel like they're in competition with each other or contrast to each other, it's like just that process of allowing the wholeness of life to exist is expanding into a consciousness beyond power over because we're no longer trying to control it and have it from that position of perceived safety that is ours and i and i i kind of see it a lot actually um in various different group contexts where when difference arises um how often you know conflict can come in and it can become so heated and there's this sort of curiosity from an outside perspective of like um, wow, why is this so heated? You know, this this kind of what it feels like so much is ex- at stake um, because there's some different perspectives showing up and just realizing how much um, that kind of experience of difference, pers- different perspectives and different needs can tap into the parts of us that believe that that means I don't belong 
And that means I'm going to get exiled. And it's it's this kind of either or scarcity consciousness that we've been is part part of power over culture. It's both part of and a result of power over culture that that kind of creates this kind of mainly unconscious terror that you know that it's me or you. We can't both exist, you know. And and that again, like you just so beautifully spoke, it's like in this kind of allowing our 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 state of being to play um host to the kind of the infinite multitude of parts and um voices and realities that in itself is beyond power over culture and it sounds simple but actually you know it it's a it can be a grueling process that can take time to really allow it's like we're trying to rework an atrophied muscle you know that that kind of atrophied muscle that is conditioned to either or as opposed mm-hmm. to just being a vessel to allow what's happening to arise within us mm-hmm. way yeah i'm thinking of like an ecosystem mm. you know mm. an ecosystem is everybody's all participating all at the same time Mm. And they're all in their eco niche. They're all in their um, capacity of giving and receiving. Mm. They're all in their capacity of of being with another. And of mm. course, there are times of, um, you know, one species might uh, swell, you know, and it, there would be a devastation, more devastating effect on the ecosystem. Um, but there's that checks and balances, right? Um, mm. There's that, that then the dieback or there's stress on the entire system and the whole ecosystem responds. Maybe each part of the ecosystem is responding differently and how that's such an exquisite uh, for me right now, just really feeling the, the, the lived metaphor of that, both inner and, um, mm. and outer of the truth of that mm. capacity of us mm. to, to imaginally Gosh, you know, imagination and the imaginal is such an important, is also one of the really powerful. This seems to be my job in the podcast today is to be like, oh, look, there's another thing. <laughs> there's another thing that starter culture uh-huh. <laughs> is offering uh, is, is um, practice and not talk about atrophied muscles, um, mm. <clears throat> you know, practice of the imaginal yeah. that we, um, that we invite uh, imaginal capacity, mm. uh, not as um, escapism, mm. right? Uh, but as uh, ways of listening with the heart to the other than human voices, or ways of imagining uh, what what our minds uh, don't think is possible, uh, or mm. but that our hearts, as you mentioned earlier, ha- you know, do. Mm. Um, there's some way of the imagination being a, a bridge builder or a world shifter, shaper, um, traveler. Mm. Um, and what an essential, what an essential um, ingredient. Mm. In, in yeah. And as you sp- expansion as, of consciousness. Yeah. And as you speak that, it's like just reminds me of how, you know, this this kind of term imagination, it's it feels like it's, you know, it, it's it's kind of a mysterious word in itself. And you know, for us, um, it, it's it's not about the strategic mind. Mm. It's not about kind of you know imagining with the strategic mind. Right. It's 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 the art and skill of emptying out yeah. so that we can receive um, from the more than human consciousness. So yeah. that we we are a vessel for the whole and how it's 
welcoming you know the future into being and that's a very different thing to kind of imagining in a way that's like oh I'm just going to imagine the future I would like <laughs> and that you know that which is you know there's nothing wrong with that mm. but it's a much narrower Mm-hmm. Uh, realm right. of uh, you know it opens a much narrower and a realm of possibility and it's very unlikely that it's going to go beyond the power culture consciousness and cult- culture whereas you know when we do the work which is what you know what starter culture is about this expansion of consciousness when we do the work that we are genuinely able to empty out not an idea of emptying emptying out but a really genuine e- emptying out that we can be the space in which life is emerging mm-hmm then something else comes through and then deep imagination reveals itself to us and we're taken by utter surprise and mm-hmm. you know it, it yeah it's a left field kind of response <laughs> and so yeah something of you know that like you say that being um integral to what starter culture is about and that to be able to do that we really need to uh talking about atrophied muscles we need to lean into these other windows and ways of knowing mm-hmm. you know so that it's not just the strategic mind mm-hmm. And, you know, this is massive for both of us. I know it's like it's a, you know, we're not just saying other people need to do this. It's been huge work for us mm-hmm. because we both have very sharp strategic mind. <laughs> um, but, yeah, what is it to, like, lean into, you know, the the felt sense of the body and what moves through the body and what moves through the heart as feelings mm-hmm. and what moves through the wider whole mm-hmm. as as the deep imagination so right. it's like without all of those kind of faculties mm-hmm. of being mm-hmm. then ironically the emptying out can't happen <laughs> mm. gorgeous I want to pick up this word emptying out because you've said it a few times mm-hmm. in the last moments and I want to um, unpack that a little bit yeah because um, that feels important to say here I mean several things and please correct me or add um, to what I say but um that it's not about um, getting rid of a part of ourselves, right? I mean, I know, I know you know this, but I'm <laughs> that it's not about emptying out is not about getting rid of um, parts of ourselves or uh, uh, suppressing or denying or throwing out or any of those things. Um, it's a it's a more of a uh, well, I would say two things, right? And, and again, add if, if what I've missed. One is our capacity to um, disidentify or identify identify with um, the largest, most expansive parts of our part of mm. ourselves, um, the most compassionate, curious, mm. um, big, loving part of ourselves, mm. um, and disidentify with the parts of ourselves that are in the uh, wounding or the um, protective strategies, right? That's a, for me, that's one aspect of the, the emptying out is like, can I expand into mm-hmm. the biggest stretches of me? Mm-hmm. Um, which, of course, doesn't really ever end. It just kind of moves into ecosystem. <laughs> but that place that, you know, can I expand to that place where I become ecosystem? Mm-hmm. Is how I think of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is, uh, can I integrate love, welcome home? the um, previously exiled or suppressed parts of myself um, mm. to um, to acknowledge ways that I'm conditioned and part of the power of a culture, um, ways of, of, of trauma and wounding, um, you know, all the, all the parts um, that are the ones that tend to react with power over culture um, habits or strategies or, or um, yeah, that's enough. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. and, and choose 
to align ourselves with more mythic, more other than human, more um, resourced parts of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. I love that you've initiated a kind of unpacking of this term. And there's probably a billion terms that we could do this for, <laughs> kind of quite quite helpfully. Um, but yeah, just to kind of um, embellish on that, I guess, or riff off that. Um, yeah, absolutely everything you've said. And and I guess the the layer that I would then bring in, it's almost like what you're naming to me kind of is almost it's that that kind of the it's it's rebuilding that muscle to to be the witness. Um, and 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 it's not enough to have an idea of the witness um, and watch. It's like we actually need to viscerally experience those parts and, you know, and be embodied in those parts. And the more we're on that journey, the more we see. And because, you know, there can be this idea that the more we're on the journey, the less will show up because we've kind of transformed more. But it's like, no, no, <laughs> the more we're on the journey, the more shows up. And usually, <laughs> I so wish that were form over true. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it just gets kind of harder and harder to kind of digest because they're more and more exiled for good reason, those parts. Um, so, yes, to, the, to kind of what I would call almost that kind of observer witness place of, of that, you know, the, the kind of wild allyship to kind of these parts that we've marginalized, that our culture, our power over culture has conditioned us to marginalize and the kind of welcoming them back home. And then for me, the, the other layer of emptying out, which feels like it's it's almost like a, uh yeah it goes hand in hand in a way with what's necessary is this kind of uh embodied kind of visceral um experiencing ourselves as the space within which everything is arising you know and by everything I mean everything (laughs) and so it's a it's not again there's the concept of that and I know that within a lot of kind of esoteric traditions that you know that that is the mantra and yet it's a very different thing to actually viscerally in your in our being almost skin shed these these layers that kind of make me feel like just the individual self so that there is a visceral melting in a way and skin shedding that then allows me to experience myself in as the ecosystem you speak of, you know, that as Indra's net, you know, that, that really is the whole in which these different parts and voices and ideas are arising Mm. um, so that there's not an identification with this kind of this shape of a being. And then we've become a vessel through which, you know, something surprising Mm. from the deep imagination can visit us Mm. and gift us Mm. with the humility to know that by virtue of living in this fleshy human dimension, I have an ego and and I'm not going to ever get rid of that. <laughs> so and shouldn't. <laughs> and shouldn't. No, that's not the aim. But there's something of remembering that, you know, this emptying out process isn't about becoming fully enlightened. It's, you know, it, because as long as I'm here in this dimension, then I'm not enlightened. <laughs> and I have an ego that's going to color and filter kind of what arises through that deep imagination, which, you know, again, so both and. Yeah, both and and a body. You know, mm. and this kind of this earth being that we are, um, you know, that again, it's not all just conceptual head, but there's mm. this squishy human animal mm. body that mm. we are, we are in this mm. earthy mm. way. Um, mm. And, uh, and, and also the, the reality of the earthly body, the mm. shape, the color, the size, the ability, mm. the, you know, all of these ways of um making difference bad or wrong Mm. um in that power over culture 
does and reifies and makes um, is, you know, this, it's not about saying like, all you have to do is empty out and then everything's fine. You know, it's like, and there's no such thing as racism and there's no such thing, you know, it's like, no, <laughs> again, it's both. <laughs> and, you know, how do we, how do we hold the mm-hmm. knowing that um, the experience of being in the body you're in has a huge, um, makes a huge difference mm-hmm. for how you are in the, the human world and the power over culture mm-hmm. that we're in. Um, and again, to circle back, you know, that's where it's about um, not the individual. Mm-hmm. That's where inner led change of the individual meets mm-hmm. the collective. Mm-hmm. Um, that, to, that part of the work of inner led change is to own one's power and privilege or be in relationship with the way one is and with power and privilege, if that's one's experience, although we all have power and privilege in some sphere and some way of being, um, if we have experiences of marginalization, um, you know, all the ways that we are in this human experience, um, is also something that not, that needs to be both metabolized as an individual, but also actively shifted and changed, just like you were saying, um, in the collective. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Again, I feel like um, what you're bringing there kind of, yeah, really brings me into sort of sobering moment of it, it's for me, there's this kind of dual kind of reality of the the exhilaration of the possibility of transformation and, you know, what it is to lean into everything we're speaking of and how exhilarating that, you know, that transformation is and the reality that that um, a precursor to the actual exhilaration of transformation often is a you know a humbling painful um process that is leaning into the reality of what it is to be in this fleshy body whatever in our particular existence is the kind of the challenge you know that we've been here uh, born into this lifetime to alchemize you know just really recognizing that that you know that that our wounds are our greatest gifts if we are able and we're lucky enough to be given the support to to alchemize them and you know as you speak of the body and the reality of the body it's like as you know it's like for me I live have lived for 25 years with a chronic health condition that means that living in this body isn't that easy for me and a lot of the time I'm in a lot of pain and difficulty and and so I yeah I want to include that as a kind of like um uh, I suppose just to, to include that, you know, we both, you and I both have our own versions of kind of what it is to really struggle and to, to you know, to know that everything we're speaking of comes with um, great challenge and that life is a balance in that way. And um, yeah, body as portal is, is what, you know, really um, is a helpful reminder to me that, you know, what is happening is, is a portal to the transformation and the a never-ending spiral and that being able to embrace uh the difficulty that can often precede death is part of life (laughs) yeah 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 and so that's of course reminding me of one of our other threads (laughs) um is uh you know how how we talk about and uh we're probably coming to the end of our time here. So I don't know how deep we want to go into this, but um, just recognizing also this thread of the, of wound and, um, and trauma and um, that we hold this a little bit differently than, mm-hmm. than lots of folks. And that there's this kind of, just like you were saying, you know, as portal mm-hmm. and 
and and that the gift is laid in the same crucible as mm-hmm. the wounding uh and so that we're not proponents of you know woundology mm-hmm. um at the same time that uh, we're also not uh ignoring the suffering that's very real um there's healing to be done uh trauma work to be done on the healing level and um there's alchemizing that is beyond healing mm-hmm. of the wound that becomes a sacred um, mm. path of one's deepest and greatest gifts that mm. one's here to give. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I feel it's almost inevitable that we will have a, a session exploring kind of core to sacred wound, <laughs> alchemizing. And I wonder before we do kind of um, draw to a close, do you want to just say a little bit about what you mean by woundology? Because I'm just aware it might be a term mm. that some people aren't, well, lots of people might not be familiar with. Yeah, sure. Um, so the way I understand it is um, there can be a way that we are so identified with the wound or wounding that we've experienced that it becomes um, kind of the central focus around which we revolve. And it becomes almost um, a religion, you know, a, 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 a ritual practice of devotion or um or one way that I talk about it is the tyranny of the trauma, the way that it um, tyrannizes our lives and kind of t- is a unidirectional gravitational surface, you know, <laughs> kind of like pulls all of our energy into its, um, mm-hmm. its grasp so that mm-hmm. we are um, stuck revolving around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and while there's wisdom in and healing within uh, wound work that's necessary, uh, we uh, we want to liberate ourselves from that um, gravitational pull mm. um, that um, that can keep us spinning mm. in a in a cycle of um, reiterating or regurgitating the moder- the wounding of the modern paradigm in the in the victim perpetrator rescuer mm. circle cycle uh, triangle um, mm. and cycling around and around through through those roles. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Mm. Yeah, I mean, hearing you and the way you're explaining it, it's it's reminding me that, yeah, I mean, one key piece there is that, you know, this culture of woundology, it's like it, it shines the light on the paradox of trauma mm-hmm. in that, you know, trauma um, does have this kind of function inherently within it that when trauma shows up in our system, um, it makes us become fixated mm-hmm. on it, you know, and it's part of its nature. And yet... Um, expanding consciousness and transforming trauma, um, or we could call it awakening, or we could call it liberation or co-liberation. It's like the paradox is, can we wake up in that moment Mm. and not get fixated, even though the very nature of trauma and suffering is to get fixated and, and at a very neurobiological level. And so it's like, it's that kind of impossible, you know, impossible Mm -hmm. mission that is, The transformation and is not just a kind of waking up at the individual level, but actually is our the key to collaboration beyond the paradigm we're living in that mm-hmm. makes that kind of paradox of consciousness a reality. You know, mm-hmm. it's like so. Yeah, so I mean, gosh, we're we're diving deep right here at the end, and <laughs> and what's the space? <laughs> this is a much bigger conversation. The paradox of trauma and yeah. 
yeah karmic imprints it's like yeah we, we'll we'll get stuck into that another time and give it more space yeah yeah well I think all of our all the threads we've been weaving um, mm. have been quite quite meaty we I think we could dive into each one of them yeah. um uh, and I'm really grateful that we've touched on these because they're such mm-hmm. essential uh essential threads in in starter cultures um mm. fabric Mm. of how we go about doing what we're doing, which is um, supporting expansion of consciousness mm. beyond the power over culture or composting mm. uh, power over culture, igniting that heat and that fire of transformation mm. um, and, mm. uh, and, and, and centering the other than human, you know, shifting mm. consciousness also into the, mm. the expansion of the other than human and the ecosystem. Mm. So all of these elements that we've been speaking of are so for me mm. are so essential in the in the fabric of the like mm. the core of what we're up to yeah absolutely and and it kind of feels like by way of bringing this to a close it's mm. kind of like, oh you know in terms of what we're hoping um for this podcast mm. it's like you know and for starter culture more generally it's like we're really wanting to create an experience that really goes beyond just being a talking shop mm. you know we, we don't want to kind of just for you to just come in and listen to us kind of ramble on, mm. <laughs> even though to some extent that's what this introductory one is. Mm. Um, but we're definitely paving the way for something that's mm. that's far more experiential and that really centers, you know, a kind of a more than human um, ritual approach to um, to the expansion of consciousness that we're mm. speaking of, um, that we see as a really key, key kind of tool um, that we all need in our tool belts, whether it's for that uh sort of transformation dismantling of power power over culture within ourselves as individuals and change makers and that we bring back to our groups and our organizations as inspiration kind of to how can we transform at a collective level as well as at within me and you know and how can I in my group and in my collective kind of take these tools back and kind of inspire and infuse so there's something of us constantly pulsing in and out of this kind of um yeah the dismantling of power over culture at the individual level and at the group level and the organizational and movement and and cultural level um and really expanding into more than human consciousness so that we're not kind of yeah limiting the possibilities and the support and the you know the the web of support mm-hmm. to the human and to the individual it's like it's so much bigger mm-hmm. so that's our hope <laughs> we have no idea how we're going to do it but <laughs> that's part of our kind of approach is Way. is really working with emergence and as we say emptying out to be able to see what life wants to move through us and offer um yeah beautifully said yeah really beautifully said thank you yeah the offering the experience, the experiential practice of expansion of consciousness. That's what we um, are aiming for in, mm. with, with this podcast. Mm. Um, and when we do speak, uh, have more talky kinds of um, podcasts, that the speaking um, hopefully is coming from a place in us that's not so, so it's more imaginal and less structured in the modern paradigm, less strategic Mm. And uh, and is a kind of uh, earthquake, mm. a cracking of mm. the walls of the house of modernity. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So that we can get out, <laughs> go out of outside yeah. into the Leave wild the world. <laughs> get out of the house. Oh, love it. Yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah, I mean, my heart is welling up with gratitude for just, yeah, for for you, um, Sarah, for the conversation and kind of, I guess, the the love that that births in my, lo- my life and my heart and that it allows me an opportunity to grow and expand and have these kind of expansive conversations mm-hmm. that I become more than me. And, you know, mm-hmm. I started the conversation as... Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, and an extension of that would be, I just, gosh, what gratitude for, uh, yeah, the, the kind of, um, the, the challenge that has led to me being in a position that, that I'm hopefully able to offer some, (laughs) some kind of words and gifts in the world that can be of support to others. And, you know, so giving gratitude to, to my challenges and Mm. to the, the difficulty that, that kind of yeah makes room for the uh the earthquake of transformation yeah I'm so grateful to you for giving me a place as a death doula for the great dying (laughs) to do my work Mm. um and the image that I received when I was listening in was uh, I'm grateful for the molehills out on the meadow and that in each molehill today there's dark black loamy sandy earth in each one was a little snail shell mm. a mini snail shell mm. and I just had that image of like oh, this something coming up from the depths and this gift of the little spiral mm-hmm. life within mm. like a seed very yeah. slow life mm, very slow life in its cocoon mm-hmm. <laughs> beautiful mm. thank you my dear yeah thank you and thank you to everyone who's listening out there we hope that um that yeah this has somehow landed Mm. on fertile soil and that Mm. yeah we'd love to hear any feedback you want to share and and that you'll join us again thank you so much for for you dear claire and thank you so much for listening all of you Thanks for showing up today and listening in while we grappled with big concepts that weave into the heart of starter culture and also how they touch our very human heart and vulnerable ways of being in the world. We hope you've been inspired and nourished and that you'll take on and carry forward whatever it is that has touched you into your communities and home places. For some ideas about how you might do that, visit our website at www.starterculture.net and sign up for our newsletter. You'll get invitations for wanders out in the wildest world, information about our events, webinars, and storytelling evenings, blogs and articles, and in future, information about our online and in-person programs. Go ahead, spread the co-evolutionary love and like, comment, and share this podcast wherever you listen. See you next time at Co-Evolutionary Culturing, composting power over culture from the inside.